Hey, it's the fabulous one, Jimmy King over here, and I'm Terry Foster. Join us at 1 p.m. Thursday and Friday. Really? <laughs> no, they got me. I got you. I got you. All right. I don't even mind uh, that you walked out on me. Uh, because I feel fortunate to be here. I want to uh, talk about the day that changed my life forever. Mm -hmm. Hi, Terry. Hello there, Mr. Mass. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Hey, Mass. I, I hey, was, Terry. I was uh, not going to ignore you. No, no. Because uh, I, I have a, uh, a short subject coming up later, and that's when we get you involved. Okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the least better. I get it. Now, I woke up one morning. Everything's great. So my bedroom's on the second level, mm -hmm. so I go down to the first and then down to the basement because that's where my office is. I, I gotta, they throw me down there because I'm a junkie. Mm -hmm. So I tried to write mm -hmm. something on Twitter and couldn't. Mm -hmm. And my, my hand kept falling down, and I couldn't do anything. My uh, equilibrium was off in my hand and everything. So I didn't know that I had had a stroke that day. Maybe it happened that night or something. So mm -hmm. uh, I thought I had the flu because there's two two different flus. I was catching a cold. There's the flu that everybody else gets, and then there's the Celine flu, which is my daughter. When I catch the flu from her, I get really sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like everything is out of whack. Mm -hmm. So um, no one was home, so I didn't talk. But then I um, went in to do my radio show that day, and I was talking like I'd been drinking. Mm -hmm. Like a lot. I was like, hey there, Jimmy, what's going on? I was mm -hmm. talking like that, slow, mm -hmm. and uh, like I was drunk. I had had a stroke. So um, life completely changed. Um, they sent me to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, and uh, she said, you had a stroke, brother. Mm -hmm. I'm admitting you in the hospital immediately. Right so they called the ambulance, took me to Ford Hospital in West Bloomfield. And uh, that's what happened. And I bring this up because now I want to try to help others so that you don't get into that situation. Now, everybody assumes that a stroke is stress-related. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my case and a lot of other cases, it's not. It's sodium. Sodium is what's hurting us. And if you eat out at a restaurant, mm -hmm. the food is full of sodium. Mm -hmm. And um, my levels had gotten up so high that, and what pushed me over was the, the cold medicine. Cold medicine raises your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So that was the tipping point for me, and that's why I probably had the stroke. Um, another thing that was kind of scary is they took a 3D imaging of all the blood veins in my mm -hmm. brain. So um, I looked at them, and they all looked great, you know, just big and blood is pumping through and there was one on the left side that was kind of bent mm -hmm. and um, the doctor says he thinks I've had that all my life mm -hmm. and what happened is uh, this t templates or whatever they became clogged in that part where it was kind of bent and they said if it had become no it was sluggish mm -hmm. they described it as sluggish if it had become clogged I probably would have been paralyzed probably would have died or something like that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it was sluggish and not clogged saved my life. So um, when I do things like this, when I'm out and about, I feel fortunate to be here because, you know. I'm glad it was, you're still here, my brother. Yeah, hey, it, it could have been, it could have gone the other way. Absolutely. And um, 
But I, you know, my advice, and especially for men, because the one thing I wasn't doing, I was not going to the doctor, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to the doctor because I was afraid of the doctor. I wasn't going because I was having too good of a time with my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I was writing for the newspaper. I uh, had um, radio responsibilities. Top rated uh, show. It was a top rated show. I was traveling. So there was always something I had to do, some somewhere I had to be. And so I didn't take time for myself. I didn't go to the doctor. And so my sodium levels just kept s- spiking. Yeah, yeah, kept going Are up. Are you a salt guy, too? Do you put salt no, on I your don't. stuff? No, I don't. I never put salt on anything. So, wow, that's something. Right. But when you go to a restaurant, huh. it's got a lot of sodium. Soup has a lot of sodium. Um, fries, mm-hmm. sodium, because they... They put the salt on for you, so mm-hmm. so that was that was what hurt me. So, fellas, watch your sodium intake. Try and what I've done now is I eat at home more. Uh, I have a new girlfriend. Her name is Mrs. Dash, <laughs> and so uh, Mrs. Dash seasons everything. She's safe, yes. Mrs. Dash. She's is safe. safe. Mrs. Okay. Daff, Dash is safe, and uh, the wife doesn't get mad at her. So um, that that's what I do, and. Uh, so I grill salmon and I grill chicken and eat you know salad. I could appreciate you know you sharing that because a lot of um, men you know they we don't go to the doctor we don't check our sodium intake and we don't really watch our diets often so um, you know you sharing that is important because I advocate uh, and we have a, we'll have a special guest on uh, later on today that. Um, I think can really chime in on this as well because he's an advocate for uh, healthy living and eating as well. But as an athlete, you know, you kind of it kind of comes into your lifestyle uh, just to maintain a certain level of energy. So you try to eat properly or a certain way, or or or, or watch uh, your sodium intake or levels. So for me, it's always been. Uh, conscious. I've always been conscious of it, but the older I get, obviously being further away from the game, not working out as much, not being as active, you can definitely tell um, uh, the physical effects from your diet uh, more now than ever. So I really appreciate you telling that story because we could really help some people. I, I think the tough thing for a pro athlete and for us journalists who are on the road is half the time during the season, you're either in a hotel mm-hmm. or you're in somebody's downtown. You're not at home. Right. So you ha- you order off you the menus. Right. You can't cook your own vegetables right. like you're doing now. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, we don't have the Mrs. Dash. So right. And you're hungry. You got to eat. Oh, you got to eat. You got to so eat. So did you, were you conscious of that when you were on the road? No. Because like you said, it's just you're on the road. Um, you got, you know, you're actually looking to get out. You're looking to experience what the city has to offer. So you, you'll you go to one of the top-rated restaurants or just find a hole in the wall. And like you said, you don't know how it's being seasoned, you know, um, what they're putting in there. And, and, and ultimately, it can affect us. So, you know, we were conscious, but we were still trying to live life and experience, you know, the food as well. Yeah, like I have a favorite restaurant in every NBA city. Mm-hmm. Um like in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, this place called This Is It. Been there? Yeah, this Is It? No, I haven't. Okay, I have soul not. food place. I, I've heard about Old it. Hole in the wall. I haven't been there. Uh, and then um, 
in L.A., mm-hmm. my go-to pot, it was, spot was a little bit healthier. It was Gladstones for Fish. Mm-hmm. So it's right on the, on the Pacific Ocean. It's beautiful. The only bad thing about that, don't eat outside because the seagulls will, will come steal and snatch your food. food. <laughs> they snatch your food. So you got to be careful about that. Or just but, eat it fast, huh? Right. Or yeah, or eat it fast. But, you know, it's like every restaurant, you know, it was you, we would find restaurants and they were delicious, but probably... You know, yeah, not, full of sodium. Not, yeah, full of sodium, and yeah. it's it, it is. You, I'm, it, the past four years, I catch a lot of flack from my family because they're like, "You don't eat meat no more. You don't eat the same stuff we eat." And they're like, you're losing so much weight. You got to eat more meat. And I'm like, really? I feel healthy. I feel good. I feel, you know, I don't feel like I'm laboring. You know, I don't have the same type of uh, uh, aches and pains that I used to. And I attribute that to my, changing my diet even more. Do you um, eat chicken? I eat chicken. I eat a little chicken. I eat a little fish. Um, no meat? I, I do eat some meat. Um, but I just don't eat as much as I used to. I remember back in the day growing up now, you couldn't. We, you know, grew up having barbecues in the backyard. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, having <clears throat> uh, block parties and all of that. And we would eat barbecue. We would eat meat all day. Ribs, uh, hot sausages, chicken, um, hamburgers, like everything all day long. And we didn't think twice about it. And we would do that all summer long. And sometimes even during the winter, we would, you know, you catch my, my father, Mr. Jimmy King Sr., barbecuing in the snow with his... uh. With a scully, yeah. <laughs> my wife sends me out there still in the winter. Yeah, my, my, uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I smoke meat in the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't smoke it as much as uh, before. But uh, another thing we used to do, this was on Thanksgiving. M- me and my friend Big Mac would come over to my house and we'd have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner with turkey mm-hmm. and mac and cheese and <laughs> and the dressing. Was it Big see. Mac because he liked meat or Big Mac because he liked mac and cheese? Uh, the reason he was Big Mac is. We used to treat each other to McDonald's oh, okay. every okay. Saturday. All right. And the McDonald's we went to was four miles from our house. <laughs> so we would walk to the McDonald's. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, one time this dude wanted, he ordered three Big Macs. Wow. Oh. I said, brother, that's your nickname wow. from now on. You Big are Big Mac. Mac. That's right. Because he was a big fella. Yeah, the Big Mac. So, everybody, and- so nobody knew his name. They uh-huh. just knew him as Big he Mac. He earned it, though. He did. Walking four miles? But how do you eat (laughs) three Big Macs? No, he had three Big Macs, two orders of large fries, and he always got. You said he was a big man? How big was he? Big Bob. He probably weighed about three three bills. He's still around? Yes. Good. Still around. Good for that. You know, you you say that, but I used to eat three Big Macs. My brother worked at McDonald's, my oldest brother, Mm. rest in peace. Mm. He he. Uh, that was the best when you had a friend or a relative that worked <laughs> oh, yeah, at Burger King oh, or yeah. McDonald's. Oh yeah, and you'd order. You'd just give there. me a cheeseburger, and they'd give you two big bags at the at the drive-in yeah. window. It's just for the paid fries, for one a bag. Yeah, full you of paid fries. for one cheeseburger, but mm-hmm. you got it all. Oh, right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I I want to get back on this health thing from this one. Uh, I used to play tennis, mm-hmm. and a tennis foursome. I wish I could do again, and would never be able to do it again. And. Uh, the Pistons were playing Atlanta mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and um, our tennis foursome was me, Drew Sharp, who worked at the Free Press. Rest Bur- in peace, Drew. Brian Burwell, Brian. who worked, Rest in worked peace, Brian. 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 and uh, Mike Wilbon from the wow. Washington Post uh, at the time. That's, that's a fearsome foursome. Right. It's a fearsome foursome. We won, by the way. <laughs> but the reason you know, you I bring that, that up uh-huh. is of those four, I had a stroke. 
Drew Sharp died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Mike Wilbon had a heart attack, but mm-hmm. he's still yep, alive. He survived. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Burwell died of skin cancer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think back, you know, when I was sick, I thought back to that foursome. I wish we could play again. Uh, I know it'll never happen and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So so that's tr- pretty tragic. But, it's you know, I, I, talked, I talked to my wife, and she she thinks it's the road that leads up to that because the road is fun because, I mean, look, we're on expense account, so we go to restaurants I, we normally wouldn't go to. Correct. Right? Like, my first meal in Chicago as an NBA beat writer mm-hmm. was at Laurie's. Oh, mm-hmm. big steaks. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get the regular prime. It, they only serve prime rib and, and other stuff. I had to get the prime rib with the bone in it. <laughs> mm. Of course mm-hmm. you did. Right. Because you, you missed the T, Mr. Parliament. You hang out with the queen. No, 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 no. I was on that Detroit News expense account. <laughs> that was when they were the the Detroit News. Right. Back then. That was, I. you know, and, and I'm grateful for this. I was a part of the last hurrah of newspapers. Mm-hmm. We just went out. Uh, you could go on the road. They'd send you places. You had a newspaper that you actually wrote for. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was tough. And you were always on the road. And sometimes, and we were on the road three, three, three and a half days a week. Absolutely. Sometimes you wanted to be at home, but stuff happened. I looked so up to you guys. I looked up to the uh, newspaper guys, those old-time newspaper guys. I I always wanted to be one of those. I was the sports editor of uh, uh, Paw Prince, the North Bergen High School okay. in, in Jersey. Do you know, do you know <laughs> who we hated as newspaper guys? Radio guys? Radio guys. Yeah. Hated them. Why? Because we thought you were lazy. We thought that, you know, you would get on the air and say, oh, I just discovered this big trade. What's going to happen? I said, yeah, you read my story. That's how you know about this big trade. I would give you credit. A lot of you didn't. So, uh, and then uh, you would be in the locker room, like I'd be interviewing Jimmy, and I'd ask Jimmy like eight questions. And this dude would just stand there with his microphone in front of him, and then he'd go back, and they'd play sound from my questions. (laughs) And they said, uh, Eddie, good job, you know, getting that from Jimmy. I'm like, I was one of those guys. You know what? But you're the one that asked all the questions. We couldn't even get a damn question in because you asked all the damn questions. And it's a a different medium, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, I respected you. I let you. I mean, you're you're the guy. Well, you could ask one question. I would pause sometimes to let the radio geeks. (laughs) I asked Bison Daly a question. Oh, that's right. Hung like a horse. Remember that? Bison Daly question? (laughs) Proud of you. I asked Bison Daly, who was Brian Williams, and he came to the Pistons. They traded him. And I asked him, hey, Bison, what's the uh, one thing you see different here in Detroit? And I forgot what team they got him from. Orlando. Orlando. What's the difference between uh, Detroit and Orlando? What's the biggest thing? And he just looked around the locker room and – Go ahead, tell 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 him what he said. He said uh, Rick Mahorn is hung like a horse. <laughs> That's what he said, and that got all over the place. Yes, of course. Yes, see, those are the bites that you live for, right? <laughs> see, that's why you let a radio guy ask the question sometimes. Well, only time, only time. Right, well, there you go. Now, I, I would try to let radio guys, but they they wouldn't do it. You know, a lot of times. But uh, yeah, we lived off you. That's Drew okay. and I got into a fight with a radio guy on Press Row in Chicago. Mm. What happened? Um, Back then, we had no internet, so I had to um, send my story by taking the wire out of the phone and plug it into my computer, and that's how we sent our stories. That's the old days. So anyway, um, we're on deadline. Every time the Pistons and Bulls played, you never know who's going to win until the last Mm -hmm. two minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. 
And so it looked like Chicago's going to win. So I'm, I'm typing my story. I have to get mm-hmm. it in like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And so this radio guy takes my phone and snatches it away. And I said, first of all, that's my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need it in about 90 seconds. I'm going to snatch that plug out from the back of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this dude, man, gets an attitude. You're not going to do shit. You know, you, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is. I said I, I don't didn't see, know there was tough guy reporters. Uh, yeah, I, hold yeah. on, hold on. This is new to me. I, yeah. I had no idea y'all got into it. This is like this yeah. sounds like an NBA <laughs> locker room. <laughs> so he says uh, something to the effect, and this really pissed me off. You know, I'll I'll take you outside and kick your oh, ass. Wow, I'm like, deep. dude, wow. really? I'd have loved to see that. I said, nah, no, you won't. You might Nobody's take me outside. Nobody's coming on T on T Foss, Bill. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm, that. I'm gonna put these boots. Was up. he a kid? No, no, he was. His name was Les Grobstein. I know that guy. You know him? I don't know him, but I know that name. Yeah, he's an older guy. He's yeah. thin. Big and, Chicago guy. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks he knows everything. So anyway, I go back to my story, and then I hear a splash. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and Les Grobstein has Coca-Cola and ice cubes falling off of his face. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and Drew's got a full Coke in his hand. I said, dude, how's this guy have Coke, and you have a full Coke in your hand? He says, I was gonna blast him again. He had two. He had two. He was. He threw the first one, love then picked you, up the other one, and was, go, and was about to bust him again. But see, wow. that's that's why. Hey, like, wait a minute. Hold Drew on. was loyal, man. I, I love wait a minute. You, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, now uh, hold on. Now the basketball player. Right, now like come all on. Now wait a minute. Now <laughs> if we would have did that, let's say 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 you actually get elbowed on the court. Yeah. And now you you go out of cat or or. Say the game is over and, and there's just a cup of water and you splashing in the player's face. You know, we all what over would you it. write about that? That's what I'm all saying. All over it. So, so conversely, <laughs> if we walk into the back and we see some, some reporters fighting, right, we have the right to call you out too. You do, but the Pistons are proud of us. Nice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and like, I don't mean call you out. Like, was Matt Doe at least back, report there? It. back then? Yeah. God rest in soul. He, he, he probably wasn't at that game because it was in Chicago. Okay. Because so. uh, the next day we were in Milwaukee. And the reason I remember we were in Milwaukee is because in Milwaukee you can get the early edition of the Chicago Tribune. Mm-hmm. And so I picked it up. It was Sunday. It was a, the game must have been on a Saturday. So we're in Milwaukee on a Sunday. And I'm flipping through the sports page, and I see uh, the bad, the bad boy, the bad boys don't something about the the bad boys are not just about the Piston players. They're beat writers and bad boys <laughs> too. I love that. So it was a short thing. So the I bad call, boy beat writer. Know, oh, it's your new nickname Jimmy, now. It's the kicker. <laughs> bad boy. Beat Terry writer. writes for the Detroit News. Mm-hmm. Drew Boudini for the press. Wrote for the Free Press, yes. and he still stuck right. out That's for right. his brother. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is Detroit. He's, right? he's loyal. Yeah. We used to have a saying. Now Drew was a good. Guy. I love Drew. Yeah, oh, the best. We used to we used to have a saying. Uh, don't mess with Detroit. Because mm-hmm. you know people, uh, when we went to Chicago, they were rude to us. Yeah, they hated. Us. Yeah, they were hated. Yeah, it was it was a rivalry. That, that a rival. thing is real. Oh, definitely, yeah. it's definitely a rival. So, uh, but Drew was very loyal. He would uh, stand up for you. Mm-hmm. He would do crazy stuff. <laughs> he was a mild mannered guy, but he would do stuff. <laughs> he sure. Well, was. his laugh would let you know he had a little screw <laughs> loose every night. He had a cackle. <laughs> <laughs> He's passed away a few years now. Nothing really has changed here in Detroit sports. No, <laughs> he's still cackling in heaven. That's right. Yeah, he, he is. is. He, he, he sure is. is. He definitely is. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I, I I I got sick in uh, August, mm-hmm. and then uh, I felt like I was in a fog for weeks and weeks and mm-hmm. weeks. And then one day I woke up uh, in December, 
And uh, I said, you know, I feel pretty good today. I feel a little different. Not 100%, but I feel like that fog, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. So um, I get a phone call at 10 a.m. that from Vince Ellis. Mm-hmm. We call him Mini Vinny. He covers the Pistons now. Mm-hmm. He said, did you hear about Drew? I said, no. So he died last night. I said, wow. what? He said he had a heart attack, so he died. So anyway, so I'm like stunned. And so at 1 p.m., because I saw it, my phone lit up. Mm-hmm. A message came across on my phone, so I picked it up. Mm-hmm. It was Drew. And he said, hey, this is Boudini. Just want to let you know we're thinking about you. Uh, you know, do what the doctors say. You're going to be okay. You'll be out here with the rest of us, and uh, just take care of yourself. This is at 1 p.m., right. and I found three hours early the dude had died. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was it was so scary. And then my wife said, you know, what probably would happen was on his way to heaven – Drew gave you a message, and I said, Honey, are you sure Drew is going to heaven? Yeah, he is. I said, yeah, he is. I said, all right. Just double-checking. But that, oh, that was a real scary mm-hmm. thing. But, uh, but you know, once again, you count your blessings because, you know, you were sick, and um, he's wishing you well, and then he dies. Right, right. And uh, so I figure, man, I, I, I've done everything I can to keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, through diet and exercise. So. You look great, man. Well, God bless, Thank man, because you. you do look great. You sound good. You, you're healthy. You're strong. You know, you you talk more junk than anybody, so you got to be feeling I, good. You know, I still don't talk as much junk as I used to, but I'm <laughs> but getting you're there. But you're getting I'm there. getting there. You're wearing Uggs and stuff like that. You're, you're, you're all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got my uh, kick-ass boots on today. Good. Yep. But I, I, I'm going to wear my Uggs Wayne next State. Time. You're right. still Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always I, Detroit. I like I like the Lil Wayne stuff. I do like I got that a couple jersey. Stuff. That is that is a nice pullover. Fox Sports Detroit representing <laughs> at the Red Wings yesterday. Yeah. yeah, our boy Rod Allen was in in, in studio. Yes, earlier. Uh, country right. strong. Yeah, he's him. looking good. He is looking real good. He and his wife came through the studio. Adrian, yo, Adrian. <laughs> I told him that we have that in common. My wife, even though I never call her Adrian, her name is Adrian. How about that? I don't, you know, I don't call people by their names. What do you call your wife? Abs. Abs. How the hell did you get abs out of uh, your uh, Adrian? Her name was Adrian Bonner. Okay. And so I came up, Adrian Bonner is sweet, so I came up with abs. Okay. I dig and it. And then I call her Mama Coco. <laughs> Coke, just short for that, and uh, Abulicious. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so I call her names. I call my daughter Stooler. How'd you come up with that for Celine? Stooler. Uh, came up because we had a doctor, Dr. Teller. Celine would not poop when she was a oh, baby. Oh, there it is, stool. <laughs> she wouldn't poop. So every time I took her to the doctor, because that was my responsibility, the doctor says, how's her stool? How's her stool? I'm like, I don't know. It stinks and it's brown. So because he always asked about the stool, I just got started calling her stooler. I dig it. Stooly. The stoolie. Stooler. So so you got all these great names for your wife. What what does she have any for you? I need some I need some, some uh, great names for I, yeah, I you know a, I'm I'm gonna give you uh-huh. my childhood name. All right. I shouldn't do this because you're gonna uh-huh. come on, man. Give us some. No, but they uh they called me Cookie. Cookie? Mm-hmm. Well, hold on, man. <laughs> like Magic's wife, Cookie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, the reason is because I was a little light bright. Mm-hmm. They said I look like one of those sugar cookies uh, okay. at the mall. Okay. That you got the mall. Oh, yeah, the mall. I get it. I get it. So no, they, I see it with the with the freckles and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah sugar cookie. A little sugar, and they, they have a little indention, so I was a uh, cookie. All right. 
And then I'll call uh, you Suge for for short. How about that? Okay, well, man, be careful. Yeah. Suge Knight. I don't want huh? him coming after. Oh no, Suge's locked up. Okay, he's locked up. Yeah, Suge right. ain't coming out there. But anybody. he can still get things done. Yeah, I'm good. I'll stick with T. And I'm then, good. And then, then my grandmother had the stupidest nickname for me. She called me Terry Tulips. Tulips. And I asked my grandma, why you call me Terry Tulips? She said, because you got two lips. I'm like, well, don't <laughs> everybody? She said, yeah, but that's what I feel like calling you. Yeah. And then, you know, grandma, they always going to be give you the sweet name. Mm-hmm. You know, you always going to be their baby. Oh, yeah, that's true. That, that that's true, but uh, Terry Tulips, Terry huh? Tulips. Hey, welcome yeah. back, and sugar welcome back to the sugar. world, man. Thanks, We're glad sugar. to have you. No, I'm, I, you know, honestly, I um feel very fortunate to be here. And you know, you know, everybody would say, "Well, yeah, I'm glad to be alive." Like I'm really happy to be here. Amen. Because um, during the hospital, um, I saw other people. I was on the strokes in the stroke unit, and those are the people that weren't getting out of there, right? Or really took it hard, right? Or really paralyzed and stuff like that man that, that's a whole new way of living i mean it's yeah that's it got to be really 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 hard mentally especially it, it is hard but uh you know i felt fortunate because then i would i would i was going around talking to people in the hospital and then i talked to somebody and said yeah i got cancer and stuff I'm like oh geez i'm maybe i'm fortunate fortunate that, that, I don't, that i don't have that but um but what i discovered is they they're people with cancer are walking out too they're mm-hmm. walking out and enjoying Thank their God. lives. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they're they've really made a lot of advancements uh, in that regard. And with the heart, you know, well, the think, way they go in I that think, heart and that brain, the way the way it's well, amazing. Think, yeah, I think that what um, people you know have to realize is that you have that we are basically chemistry set, <laughs> and we mm-hmm. you have to realize that you know there is a balance, and you have to come back to zero and where your body's alkaline, you know where. Uh, where it's healthy, and that's all through diet. It's all through diet is what you eat uh, and, and the supplements that you may take or may not take. So you really have to <clears throat> check your gauges just like you check your car, um, you know, just to make sure that everything is is on the level and, and that, that way you can stay healthy. It's hard for us fatties uh, to uh, live the way you guys live. It's not, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not, no, you're not, not fat. You're it's cherubic. Not. I'm just it's saying. Not. <laughs> it's not. I've, been, I've been a cherubic my whole life. I was, we shopped in the husky section when I was a kid. I mean, oh. I, was, I was a fat kid. That's let's just, see, just let's what see, I am. Let me, let, me, let me give you all something about but my background. But it sucks. It's the worst I'm, part I'm of my life. I'm about to tell you something. The worst. I'm about to tell you something that's going to blow you away. I was a short, fat kid growing up. Hmm. Yeah, so that's not. why that's I did not start slimming down until I changed my diet. I changed my th- diet through my older brother, not my oldest one, but the sec- the second oldest, who ironically passed from a heart attack. Ooh. So if you remain fat, you would not be— I probably would not be here. Be a fat, you wouldn't that's, be a fat how five. Tall are you? No, I would not be a fat five. I'm 6'5". Okay. That helps, too. But But— but but six five three hundred. But would, right, it would be a shooting guard. Six five three hundred. I, I would okay. have some concerns about my my the frame of my body and body type, like probably like like um, Zion. Yeah, I don't you know, personally. Being athletic, and, you know what bothers me? The other night they were talking about how fat he was, and I'm looking at him like he's right. not, he's not no, he's fat. Not fat. That's well, baby fat. He ain't is fat. It is, about. but he's you know solid. what? They got in trouble for calling Good. him fat Good. because now we live in a society with body shaming. Yeah. Back in the day, you could call a football, basketball yeah. player right. fat, fat ass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, look, look at yeah. yeah, look at Chubby. Look at them hips. Yeah, but you know, it it, it the Me Too thing is 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 or or politically correctness is is really what it is. But 
You know, it's just like comedics today, right? You make a joke, and we clearly know it's a joke, right. but they get flack over it. Yeah. So it's hard they for them to do their. They know, shouldn't get flack over. And right. the other night, it was uh, Jeff Van Gundy and my man Mark Jackson. I love those guys. Love them. And I heard them, and it didn't bother me that mm-hmm. they called him. That's not why I'm mad. I just look at him, and I don't think he's fat. Right. He's a big man. He's look at Shaquille solid. O'Neal. You think I'm going to call him fat? Last year, I was uh, at the Kobe McDonald's. Did. I was at the McDonald's All American game last year. Zion came up to me, introduced himself. Everybody in that gym was trying to get to him, and he came to me. And that kid is a humble kid. He knows the sport. He respects the sport. And he, everybody wanted to take a picture with him. He wanted to take a picture with me. Mm, and and I'm going to awesome. tell you, that picture that I have, there is no fat on that kid. Now, I know he's been out and he's... And he's, um, he's in New Orleans. He's getting re-hate. Yeah, he's all that food down <laughs> there, right? Benet's. Yeah, called. you got to watch his... Did he uh, mix you up for Jalen Rose? Sort of take. Salt and take. We may hit me up for Jalen. No, did, did he, he mix, mix you up? up for oh, Jaylen. for Jalen. Oh, me up. <laughs> no, no, he actually did, and that's why I've given him his props because he actually, you know, called me by the right name. Right, calls you Seawell. Yeah, he called me by the right name. But um, but that kid when he gets back into his playing shape, yeah, he's 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 a solid man. There's no, Ooh, he scored seventeen there, straight. Yeah, the there's right. there's got to be a lot of pressure on that guy. Because, you know, the NBA just promotes its players, its stars. I'm proud of him, though. Like, I'm really proud of him. I don't care what um, he accomplishes at this point. He's become the number one pick. He was uh, a top top rated high school player, and he played for Duke. The kid is accomplished already. And and for him to be the number one pick right now and fighting through what he's fighting through, he's going to be fine. And Cash has beat him. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he did. Huh? And that's why I keep – Cash is that guy. He's, yeah. he's pretty good. I think he's going to play in the NBA. Oh, he'll find a squad. Yeah. He'll land somewhere. He'll land he's somewhere. He's too cerebral, I'm, I'm and, and he has a good sure. floor game. I'm not sure he's going to be a star. That's okay. You don't have to be. We have a guest, someone that you know. Is this our first yes, special guest? Yes, the first? number one. That's right. First guest ever on the King and Foster show with Mass. And that would be Ray Jackson. Who is Ray a Money! Former uh, teammate. Now, is he a former teammate? Is he no, always he's always teammate? my teammate. Right, and more than a teammate, sure. he's my brother. Ray Money Jackson. What's up, family? What's up Thanks, boy? Family. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Ray. What up, family? How you Thanks, doing, my brother? Family. Uh, of course, of course. You already know. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing down there? How you doing down there in Austin, Texas, man? What's going on with you? Well, Jam, you know what it is. It's the the weather's lovely. <laughs> my attitude, my attitude is good, and you know I'm feeling like the same Ray Money you always know, baby. I love you. Hey, I Ray, you, I was I was in uh, Austin this summer because my daughter worked there, uh, downtown, and I swear you didn't I, hit me up. That's your fault. I, I didn't know you were there. It is my problem. <laughs> no, and you, you know what, what Money too is. He did ask where you were yesterday. He did. He actually did ask yes, that yesterday. Absolutely. But I was um. I was driving downtown, and I swore I was going to hit some kid on a scooter. There's just so many scooters, and they're just going back and forth. Dude, how do you how do you survive in the traffic, especially downtown? Do you even go downtown in, in Austin? Well, I choose I choose wisely, my brother. You know, it gets crazy, and this summer was extremely crazy. They put a light band on some of those scooters since then. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. The city is continuing to grow. Oh, man, the people are, you know, from all over the world. So it, it, it's growing, bro, but I love my city. I love it. And I'm going to have to get you out down here to do that show down here. Well, you, so we you know, that's a done deal, Money. And I was just about to say uh, my youngest son, Malcolm, 
Young Malk Attack and I <clears throat> just came down there in uh, August to visit with you in, uh, at your alma mater, LBJ. We love what you were doing there. We wanted to support you. Ran the camp. Uh, had, you know, hundreds of kids there. And, um, you know, <laughs> so the scooter is so true. All those scooters down there, like, there were so many laying around. I think Malcolm and I took one out all day long and rode all over Austin on it and saw the city. So we see everything that's going on down there. We love it and uh, commend you for what you're doing down there. How, what you do, What you got going right now um, that you can let us know and let the people know what you're doing right now? Well, right now, you know, coming into the new year, we got a few things going on. We got the Locker Room Podcast, which mm -hmm. we're going to link up with, with your show. No we got the... Uh, Central Texas All-Star Game with the top high school seniors coming, boys and girls. Oh, yes. Uh, we're in the process of trying to break ground on this new facility we got going down here. Well, you, you know, it's a lot going on, Jam. I'm just in a positive space. I'm about to come out of hiding, you know what I'm saying? I'm Absolutely. getting my mind clear, <laughs> finally getting back on the track, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it, it's a blessing, mm -hmm. bro. It's really a blessing. Man, I love it, man. You're a great family man, a man of God. Tell the wife and the kids I love them. You know, and um, uh, we got to get you get, up how here. How did he get a Texas draw and not you? That's what well, I see, want to know. Ray, Ray Money, Ray Money is 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 deep South South Texas, <laughs> yeah, deep, and I'm and I'm North South. Texas. And, and what people don't know is that Ray and I always grew up, you know, reading about each other, hearing about each other, and you know, kind of crossing paths if if we made it to certain tournaments. But we never got a chance to play each other because Texas is so big. The only way that we would played each other is we would have met each other in the state finals because it's just you know if you can imagine it's just so many schools there and it, it's tough unless right. you schedule individually a team to you know to play everybody or to see everybody yeah when, so. you, when you're in texas uh when you're in a state tournament do you have to fly the game sometimes <laughs> uh i guess it, it depends on if you know you got that deep oil money yeah Okay. You might yeah, find you somebody with a probably. <laughs> um, dude, I I uh Private I had point. a I had a wedding to go to in California and then um I went to another wedding in Kansas. And uh so I fell asleep. They said that we're uh, approaching Texas now, so we'll be over Texas for a while. So I I I go not only do I take a nap, but I'm full out. I'm out like a light. So I wake up I'm like, where are we? He says, oh, we're uh, still over Texas. I'm like, dude, I've been out for like two I'll hours. Give you, I'll give you, hold on. Let me give you another example of how big Texas is. It, we, I drove my senior year from Dallas to uh, Mexico, to the border just for spring break. Me and my friends uh, rented a car, piled into a car, about five of us, five or six of us. It took us eight hours, yeah. all in Texas. To get there. Okay. So eight, if you eight, so eight if you hours. go and that's going north south, but if you go east west, you're talking about yeah. a good 14 that's hours. That's where it stretches. Wow. But and you know, but you know what's impressive too, though, Jam. And I hate to. I'm just glad Texas is not scared to put Michigan on the schedule now. Right. These kids are getting. I know, right? Home, you know, and they they get an opportunity to play in both parts of the country, man. Because. You know, we never got an opportunity right. but once, and we broke out those black socks when we That's came right. home. When we came we home Rice, from Houston. Bro. That's right. When yeah. we came home, played Rice at Houston, and and Ray Jackson brought his uh, one of his friends up <clears throat> to uh, to give us some shoes. Some matter of fact, money. Tell that story. Tell that story. How it oh, went down. Story. Oh, that story was crazy. Well, you <laughs> know, I was actually I was actually in 
Rebel Ray mode, rebellious <laughs> mode. I was ready to transfer. When we came to Rice, I was actually planning on staying in Texas. Right. <laughs> I you know I remember. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So one of my good friends, Sean Rivers, brought a pair, a couple pair of socks up that we saw over the summer. He's like, man, which one you want? I, it was either the gray or the black. Yep. Juwan Howard, Jimmy King were in my room at the mm-hmm. time and said, uh, Man, where you get those from? We want some of those as well. I was like, nah, man, this is just me, bro. I'm yep. going to have to make this man make me quit. I'm going to make him sit me down so I yep. can stay home in Texas. I was in straight rebel mode. Yep. But the fab, show you how brothers work, man, and that's why I love real dudes. They wanted the socks as well. Like, you're not going out there by yourself, by yourself. with these socks on. No way. They ran across the street to the gallery and... Like back then, John, we tell it all the time. It was probably like four, it was, three, four pairs in the whole if that, galleria. If that, in the whole galleria, we talking four levels of, of I stores. Had, I yeah. think Jay Rose had church socks on. Yeah, he like did. Church socks. <laughs> yep, straight up church socks. <laughs> we're, we're speaking with Ray Jackson, the former Fab Five teammate of uh, Jimmy King right here. So yeah, in case you know yeah, who that, that yeah. uh, voice is. That's Southern drawl. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ray, uh, I, you know, I ask Jimmy this all the time. Uh, when we... I covered that team. I, I wrote columns on the Fab Five and everything. I always described it as kind of covering the Beatles. It was a a rock star atmosphere. It was crazy. It was hard to get to you guys and everything. From a player's perspective, what was the two to three years or four years that you want to describe of the uh, Fab Five? What was it like for you guys uh, to be a part of that scene? I mean, for me... It was life-changing, my brother. You know, coming from Austin, Texas, going to uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, being close to Detroit and seeing the Midwest feel, to be honest with you, I fell in love with the area because I saw a lot of black people owning businesses and in control of the city. So my mind was finally free. So when I got a chance to get up there and just play basketball and go to one of the best universities in the world, I was in a whole nother uh, dimension mentally. I, w- I was excited, man. It changed my life. And then to link up with not knowing at the time was going to be some of the most game-changing basketball players, trendsetters ever to touch the court, oh, man, I can't explain it, bro. I'm still living off that high. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm still enjoying that high to this day because, you know, we did something that was monumental. And being around... Those guys and the love and just who they are as people, man. I mean, it's transcendent, bro. So for me, it was life changing. If I could say anything about it, life changing because I'm still riding that high to this day. So it was great. Okay, so the Black Sox were your idea. Oh yeah, all day, all day. (laughs) It was, it wasn't, because I mean, but in Austin, where I'm from, we was already on the sock game. You know, we was changing the color of socks purple depending on what you know we were wearing or jerseys so it was already normal for us so i was just trying to get back comfortable in a stressful situation you know playing playing with those guys was beautiful but i spent four years in college and never got to play hey jimmy that's what i was gonna tell you you gotta forgive me i talked to tom penders uh-huh. oh, tom penders you too long tom and he penders. was an all-american at uconn and he said the exact same thing he said ray I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You played four years of college basketball but never got to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of my experience at Michigan. I mm-hmm. love it, but I wish I could have actually got a chance to, you know, showcase my real talent and skills. And, 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 and to piggyback off that, Money, what people don't uh, 
what you don't get enough credit for. And let me and let me give you all the credit that you deserve is, you know, not being uh, uh, the fifth wheel. You know, you we we never I subscribe. Love it. I know, I know you love. That's you. That's you. But you know, I, and I mean, as far as um, you know, outside, you were never an outsider. What people don't, people have short memories. If you go back into, you know, you look at the tournament, you look at our freshman year, in particular our sophomore year, Ray Jackson carried us. We don't make it out of the first two rounds without Ray. Ray was our leading scorer, uh, first and second in rebounding, you know, always one, two, or three in assist, you know, but never, you know, got the, the, the praise or the accolades for it. So I want to make sure that the people know who don't know, you know, like Biggie, if you don't know, now you know. But but Jam, you know me and you talking. And I know this is y'all show, but we talk like all the time. Right. right. You know, my thing was never the appreciation from the outside world. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to disrespect anybody. Absolutely. But, uh, I felt like my own coaching staff didn't appreciate it, and mm-hmm. that was what hurt the most. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like I earned the time and respect, mm-hmm. bro. I didn't, didn't nobody hand me nothing, never in life, mm-hmm. especially up there. You right. know, so I didn't want the world mm-hmm. when y'all appreciated it. That's what made it fall in place. Mm-hmm. But the next level of that was wanting the the the, the staff, your coaches, to appreciate it. No so doubt, no we doubt. Never so got you that love, but I still love. Headed, you know, headed so you kind of saying we didn't see the full Ray Jackson mm-hmm. up here, nah, Jimmy? Let me nah, ask you, what nah, what nah. did we miss? What does he do? That uh, we didn't see up here in Michigan. What? What? Really? What you <laughs> missed? No, really. What you missed? Okay, let me put it to you like this: When, when, when Chris left, when Chris left, who took his spot? Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson slid over, so Juwan could go to the five. And 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 Ray was then the four. That's how versatile he was. Ray, and we we all were versatile, but Ray actually did play a different position, and he sacrificed that year. And he he grind in there. He grabbed big rebounds. He still played on the perimeter. You know, he was. If you look at it today, uh, kind of like a. Uh, I know it's going to people are going to be like what, but really like a KD, just versatile. When KD start nah, playing nah, defense, nah, nah. he's too long. No, 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 no. I don't mean right, 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 right. But I mean, but oh, more yeah, like more yeah. like more like uh, um, Kawhi Leonard, basically one that could take My over thing. a game. Someone that uh, that's very cerebral, um, always makes the right play, and that you could count on. Um, pick you up when you're down. You know, um, a quiet, quiet style leader. You know what's funny about that, and you say that, Jam, and I love it because I love Kawhi, and I always see his game kind of similar. Like he can run mm-hmm. a point five, he right. can play the five if you need it. Right. But what was crazy and ironic about that is, and gave me a lot of peace was fish star similar kid, yep. and allowed him to and be allowed free. Him to and be... Got, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so right. the second time around, he That's actually right. learned how to deal with a kid with that kind of talent. Right. You understand? So. When he was in San Diego State, and he blessed him, and they made, he, you know, they made some great runs, and that guy's an NBA legend. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. God is great. It's bigger than us, That's and right. you know, they don't understand being groundbreakers. That's right. You're not gonna necessarily reap the benefits of it, but if you stay grounded, keep living, and stay humble, you're gonna mm-hmm. see the fruits of that labor. And, and Kawhi Leonard is a fruit of the Fab Five. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No matter what they want to say. So I'm blessed to see all of that, homie. It, it just, it's great. You know what I'm saying? Life is actually good once you live and you get to relish those moments spent with great friends like yourself. Wow. 
the trials and tribulations. I'm it's crazy, bro. We I'm so blessed, bro. It's pitiful. You know I love it. I love it. Hey Ray, you got a story for us because uh, Jimmy would tell us his stories of when <laughs> they were coming after him to go to Michigan, and he had Rick Patino pick him up in a Mercedes and offer him, "Hey, you could have one of these." You you got any recruiting stories for us? And how did Michigan yeah. get you? Well. Michigan got me basically because I'm a Texas guy, a football fan, a phenomenal football fan. I never mm-hmm. liked the University of Texas. They never recruited heavily out of the inner city of Boston where they home and bred. So I wasn't a Texas fan, really. You know what I'm saying? I uh, fell in love with those helmets. So no Michigan doubt. was one of the schools, and nope. And I always like being different. Everybody liked mm-hmm. different schools. <laughs> I never want to like a school somebody else liked. So mm-hmm. at our neighborhood. <laughs> Boom, I'm the Michigan dude. I put, I picked Michigan and ran with it. I love so, it. But from that point on, I started really researching the school, and I started falling in love with the Antoine Joe Bears. And, you know, I'm like, oh, they got hoop up there. You know, they, they blue. They, oh, they wear the big face Nikes. And, okay, okay, let's start. We starting to look at it. I looked at it a little more different. I started doing my research. And then uh, I went to a basketball tournament. One of my AAU coaches plugged me with, with the coaches at Michigan. And it just shot from there, bro. I just fell in love with the academics of the school. But my craziest story was when I chose Michigan. And uh, he's actually coaching now at uh, at uh, St. John's. What's my man's name that was at Arkansas Jam? They was trying to get us to go Mike, to Arkansas. Mike too. Anderson. Mike, Mike Anderson. Anderson, bro. Mike, Mike and Nolan. You know, that was really the school I should have went. Should have, should have went to just for basketball. Mm-hmm. They played my 40 style. minutes of hell. <laughs> Me and you on both but, wings. Uh. <laughs> but I, I told him Michigan. I, he called me. I said, Coach, man, I'm going to make this move and go to Michigan. Man, when I tell you that man cussed me up upside down <laughs> and my head on that phone, bruh. And it's funny to me because I laughed in. I just had the phone to my daddy. You know, my daddy's six three, six four, big old black man. So I just had the phone to my daddy and that conversation was dead. Right. But I was like, man, these cats out here really taking this serious. Yeah. I should have been taking this serious. Because mm. if I'd have took it serious, I'd have never met Jimmy King. Mm. You know wow. what I'm saying? And I love him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I I went to the school that I liked the most. I didn't go to the school that liked the most. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. And so, now dealing with so, these kids. Go ahead. So, and that's and that's what I was just about to ask you, Money. Like, so, you know, with that experience and, and, and going to a school that you loved versus a school that loved you, what advice would you give a kid and what would you ha- have them look out for um, when they're going through the recruiting process now today? Well, it... it, it it depends on the caliber of the kid. You know what I'm saying? If we're talking to somebody that's trying to go to the NBA, mm-hmm. you're looking at a system. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're not looking at – I'm not having really the, the, the degree talk. That's later on down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm talking to the average everyday four to three, two-star kid, mm-hmm. we're looking at the academics. Is this cool? Is this a school that has the things that you're looking for after basketball or after the sport? You understand? Because we're at the point now where we're not allowing the game to use us. We're going to use this game the right way. You understand? Is that coach there? Is he going to be there? Mm-hmm. Is he ready to fully invest in your life? You understand what I'm saying? Does that system fit you? You understand? Is that community somewhere you can you can prosper at? We look at the whole landscape of everything now, Jam, that we've been through it. Mm-hmm. You know, because that support system is crucial in, in the, at that stage of life. 
You Absolutely. understand? You can you can venture off in a lot of directions. So I have a complete thorough environment conversation with kids and tell them what to look into. Don't just go to that school because you see them ranked number two, three every year. You mm-hmm. get up there and sit your butt on the bench and hate and end up hating the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta realize there's a lot of guys we've met through this this journey that mm-hmm. end up hating basketball. Yeah. <laughs> they got up there, yeah. you know what I'm it saying, the, but, so, yeah. With the politics and everything, we're making a bad decision, an uneducated decision. So I, I give them an, an environmental check. Let's check the whole environment out. Let's look at this whole setup. And then you make the right decision based on what you're looking for out of life and where you're trying to go in life. How you going to feed and take care of your family and be a productive citizen? That's the conversation I have with these kids. And that's why I you love know? that, you know, even going through what you went through and, uh, to this day, you know, you never never let it hold you back. You know, you still grown, you still evolved, um, and like you said, people get stuck into, you know, a, a time frame or a time period. You know, when we look back at the people that we played with, some of the athletes who, you know, still talk about those times as if it was it's, it's going on now and today. Um, you know, they're, they're they're almost stuck in a time warp. So, you know, I appreciate you growing. And, and 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 helping uh, young people. But, but let me say this though, Jim, it's the it's the it's the blessing of God first mm-hmm. and foremost, and then it's called the fruits of your labor, my G. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because now all those relationships we built when we were teenagers and young men, those people are in place to help each other. We all in predicaments now that where we can change each other's lives because of those true friendships we have. It ain't about everything. Like, we should have left after our sophomore year. But the politics and the money, the people that were slaving us was like, yeah, y'all got to win it. Mm-hmm. Nah, we already ready for the league. Mm-hmm. We already professional-minded mm-hmm. and athletically gifted. Yep. We should have left. We won it just by being there, homie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's what I had a post that about Zion. They were waiting to see him <laughs> fail. He's already a success. He's already a great kid, a great individual, providing for his family and his community. What else do we want from our athletes? You right. understand? That's We're not right. going to let them keep putting that pressure on us, bro. You know how I feel. I, I love just y'all. said the exact same thing you said, Money, just before you got on the phone about Zion. Regardless of what he does to this point, he's already a success. He's successful because he went to Duke. He's successful because he became the number one pick. At this point, yeah. everything else is just gravy. You know, he he he'll he just has to learn how to sustain and and be healthy and remain healthy for the rest of his career. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you our greatest. You want me to tell you like the, within the game, my greatest accomplishment. Why I look at a lot of things because mm-hmm. being honored is something great when it's when you're being honored by somebody you love and respect. Mm-hmm. Boom, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, when we came with them black socks, our idol, your baby twin, your big brother, right. Michael Jordan started wearing the black socks. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Well, no, no, nobody in the NBA did that. So for me, that was like one of my greatest things. Like, even though the world don't know I started this, right. I got Michael Jordan wearing it, and I wore yep. his shoes to state. Right. You know what I'm saying? He yep. wearing black socks now. That's right. You understand? That's right. So when Zion signed a contract with Jordan, like, mm-hmm. man, the greatest appreciate him too. He already successful. That's right. <laughs> you look at him different then. So you know my mindset because we've lived in it and been about it our whole life. Damn, I see it different, bro. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful to God for that. The freedom. Mm-hmm. We we are speaking with Ray Jackson, uh, Jimmy King's former teammate at the University of Michigan. 
Ray, you are coaching high school, correct, right now? Uh, I'm not coaching high school right now. I'm, I'm actually working at my high school, but I'm not coaching ball at, at this point in time right now. I'm focused on finishing school. I'm back getting my degree and everything taken care of so that I can get one of these athletic director jobs that yeah. they're offering me down here. So that's right. really what I'm after, bro, you know. You, I'm you know, doing that, but I have a nonprofit. I got some other businesses going, so. You know, we, we we blessed at this time. God is great, baby. You know, one of the complaints I hear from high school students is that uh, the coaches and the administration do not help them, uh, to, you know, as far as recruiting and to getting into college. Why do you think that's the case? Because you, got, you have a lot of guys coaching that are not – there to coach basketball. You got teachers coaching. You got a biology teacher coaching basketball. You know, the coaches are not really there, and they haven't built those relationships. They haven't put those things in place to help these kids be successful. You understand? So when you got coaches that are there just to teach and go home when the bell ring, they beating the kids to their vehicles, you're not going to have a successful kid getting recruited. You understand what I'm saying? So the system is totally flawed, and that's part of the reason I work in the system so that we can start implementing programs to help those kids and save those kids and help them get recruited. Because like I said earlier, we have people that are coaching uh, college basketball, professional basketball, to where we can get these kids recruited now. So it's, it's, it's a mixture, brother. The system is not right right now, to be honest with you. The system is highly flawed. You think one of those things, money, because <clears throat> I think about this uh, often in, in the way that the uh, the world has uh, or the industry has has changed, where the opportunities in in say for like here are different for kids than they are in other places. Like you get a kid like Luka Doncic that's been playing literally professional basketball for five six years, and then he gets the opportunity to come over here and shine. Our kids are stifled or stymied by not having the opportunity to play with professionals or have the same type of uh, training or uh, get exposure at a younger age that the way that these kids do, and then they come over here and become stars. And now, which is still a good thing when it's, <laughs> it's because it's global, but, you know, they're still not better than our kids. It's just our kids are kind of, you know, kind of pushed down or held back. And is that part of the system that you see that's kind of flawed? Well, I'm going to tell you like this, Jeremy. It'll spin us all the way to a whole nother conversation, but I ain't going to do that. Systematic racism, <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, is deeper than that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is one of the only sports where our kids can't be professionals anytime they want to along with football. Minority-dominated uh, sports. Come on, bro. You know what the you know you know how the system is right. built right now, Jam. Right. And it affects us on the academic level as well as as well as the athletic you understand the systematic racism is a mother you no understand so and money i know that, that. And, and i know we could talk about this all day i i uh we we about to uh wrap You're it up but we need him back again yeah, yeah but, but money yeah. money we definitely get you back, back on the show the that's what i'm talking about yeah. when you come up here that's right you come up here dog we're gonna make it happen thanks for coming on yeah, you got a lot to say that's right all oh, right you were great man Appreciate it, man. <laughs> you got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> we are our own stuff, and now, we love man. it. We can say and do what we want to. We own That's our right. own stuff now. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Ray Money. I love you, boy. Thank you.
God's blessings on y'all lives. I appreciate right, you, brother. You too, bro. <laughs> All right, Ray. He's a natural, man. He is a natural. Ooh, just like here. you. That's my guy. Hey, guys, have a great weekend. You yeah, too, bro. you too. Have fun. Both Peace of you guys. out. All right. NRM Streamcast. Yes, sir.